Welcome everyone to podcast episode number 71 of Calling in the Power Ring. I'm your co-host Matt Turner. With me as always, my good buddy, my tag partner from Team Blue and Gold, the one and only, the Dark Knight Returns himself, Andy Hedder. Ooh, how about that? Dark Knight Returns part two and three, how about that? How you doing today? maybe, who knows? <laughs> yeah, and then whatever the new ones call it, the little back roll in it. I don't know, I just seen the picture, yeah. So let, let's get rid Let's get right into it. I was going to say, I, you know, before you, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm terrific. I'm terrific. We got a lot to talk about. Is there something you want to jump into? Yeah. Uh, let's Go talk ahead. about that sweet-ass uh, shirt design we have now, which we just uh, got yesterday. So we're going to have shirts soon for our tag team, Blue and Gold. And it's uh, X-Men inspired. So we posted it. I don't think I posted on the Call and Power Ring page. I will do that as you're talking. But uh, I shared it. You shared it. So hopefully within two, three weeks, we have shirts for, to sell. Because the, awesome, the image is awesome. Yeah, and, who, and uh, why don't you give a shout out to the fancy gentleman who did those? Yeah, so his name Jackers. is James Frazier, and if you go on Facebook, he is James Frazier Fight Analysis, and he does all kinds of uh, art. Just uh, he has a page there, James Frazier Fight uh, or Analyst, sorry, and uh, they type in James Frazier and F A R Z E Z I E R, and he'll come up. He does he does tons of cool art for wrestling and all kinds of stuff. He does a lot of cool shirts. He does like a. Uh, comic book inspired ones like we got video game ones like someone got a mario kart one with uh them you know the wrestlers driving the mario karts and they did like a civil war one so he does really good art he did our shirt i'm very happy with it i know you love it too so can't wait to get the shirts out so hopefully within let's say two to three weeks maybe even four so within a month yeah which we're hoping we're shooting for the true wrestling show on the end of november yeah which is the 23rd yeah so hopefully by then i mean that's about a month so if all things goes well, you know, we got to get the shirt company and see how long they take and, you know, how much everything costs. So we don't know how much they'll cost right now because uh, it's still very early in the thing with the shipping and everything. So we'll figure it out. But they're not going to be, not going to be no $30 shirt or nothing like that. Yep. Now, I definitely think it's a good possibility within the next week or two we'll have another design out by our good buddy Alex Sanchez. Uh, yes. He actually said, you know, he volunteered to do it. We're like, absolutely. And we just know how just insanely busy he is. He just got married and then, you know, at Comic-Con. And now he's working on a book with Jonathan Mayberry. Uh, Pandemic. Pandemic. No, Pandemic. Uh, yeah. For IDW, so I just know how insanely busy he is. But we did see him at New York Comic Con. He said, "Guys, I will, I will absolutely work on this." And we just said, "Go, do what you want to do. Go, you, you know, you watch our matches." He's a fan of the podcast, fan of the show. Just a great guy, phenomenal artist, great storybook teller, huge fan of wrestling. So there's a good possibility we may have another one out yeah. as well but um, think, think you know, like I'm, this it's a it's a variant the first issue came out and there's two covers <laughs> so you probably want to get both yeah that could be and then we have the you know we're gonna do a limited run of the call in the power ring shirts we had those on at new york comic-con a lot of people are putting us up on social media where to get them where to get them we just ran just a couple of them just to have them there just to kind of get them out so we'll probably do a little bit of run on that obviously the shirts that we post or the graphic that we posted yesterday on our social media um i know me partner we were talking this a few minutes ago before we went on the air here that is a lot of demand for it so what we want to do is what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to post this probably on our social media sometime later today probably as soon as we get off is we just want to have an idea of pre-orders of how much you guys want we don't want to order 50 and then we only sell 20 but at the same time we don't want to order 30 then and then, then we're sell, shipping yeah. all these t-shirts out and then we get to the show on the 23rd and we have six shirts yeah so. yeah and, and people want them and you know the worst thing is hey can i get the shirt what do you have this size i'm like oh no we don't it's like oh and like someone said one time, I forget who it was, make a shirt that's so cool, even if they don't like you wrestling, they like the shirt, they'll just buy it anyway. Yeah, I think that's my what we did. But it's been, it's been really good 
response, um, obviously, you texted me, I showed it to Lily, who's my daughter, who's a phenomenal artist. She, you know, she absolutely loved it. Her only thing was like, Dad, I don't think you have blue eyes. Yeah. Other than that, I was like, well, you know, maybe it's a black and blue eye. Yeah. It was kind of funny because when I was first looking at it, your hand was glowing for the Superman punch, the physical metal. And I was like, ah, oh, that's weird. You have powers and I don't. And then I look at the second time, I'm like, oh, my legs are like on, you know. Yeah, you got like smoking fire, fire kind of like cannonball. That from all the kicking and throwing knees I have. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, I told the guys, like, hey, if you want to give us powers, go ahead, you know. I just said a bunch of powers like this, you know, like like plasma or flying or cyclops or storm, what whatever you want to do. So he came up with some really good stuff. Yeah. So guys, please let us know what you guys want, what sizes, and then if you guys can't get to a show in the next, you know, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seems like our bookings are always picking up, which is a good thing. Let us know. We will ship them out to you. Obviously, you guys don't have to pay for shipping. Yeah, uh, they're not much. Order, yeah, if you guys order like five or six shirts, and then if you order, you know, maybe we'll throw in an autographed uh, sleeve, maybe we'll throw in some 8x10s, and maybe we'll, we'll eat the shipping for you. So, and we'll, we'll work with you. That's basically what we do. We just want to just for this, we just want to spread the word of us, uh, of, you know, of just this journey that we, that uh, myself and you, Mr. Hatter, have been on for the past three plus or so years, and, you know, year and change on the podcast. And, you know, our fans are really doing a good job supporting us, and so this is the way getting back, giving back. So, I know I'm super pumped about it. You're super pumped about it. Not only just coming from the merchandising end, but just the wrestling end as well. And what a segue that is going to the wrestling end. We were on the show last Friday. Yes. Yes, we were. How about that? You drinking there? Is that why? No, no, no. no, I was was scratching my head. um, Yeah, we were at uh, True Wrestling. And we were also on the news. (laughs) Yes, and we were also on the Facebook page as well. Oh, uh, really? So we, yeah, yeah. So, so we were in the dark match. Well, technically, it was the bonus match. Where you, you paid a little bit extra. You got in, got an extra match. You got in earlier. You got the extra match, which we were in the first one. Four-way tag match with us, uh, Bull Hightower and Bonacota. I forget their name. Is their tag Bull name? Bull Yeah, Bull Bull, yeah. They have, they have a tag name. I always forget it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, the Mustache. Uh, not the Mustache. The Kings of Mustachery. And who was their team? Silent but deadly. The tag team champs. How could I forget that? So yeah, we had a, a nice little four-way. We didn't win, but we didn't get pinned. So you know, count that. But anyway, Fox Fifty Six was there, and they taped uh, the beginning of the first match a little bit and edited it, and we were in it. So that was pretty cool. Nobody else was. So how about that? Score one uh, for the pre-show. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Well, they didn't show the Kings coming out, but they did. Yeah. It was funny because we came out. We got a pretty user, obviously in the new place over at the True Remote, which is really yeah, really in Plains cool. outside Wilkesbury. They, they did a great job redoing it. Uh, they did. I mean, the place looks really, really nice. You know, especially on the on the second floor there. So we came out, and I noticed we got a pretty decent pop. So we go to the left, the left's full. Go to the right, that's full. Then we're doing our circle around. Then it was like only half the seats were full. I'm like, no, oh, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's a Friday night. Maybe that's not why it's not the draw, whatever. So go. We had the match, and you know, uh, behind the scenes. You, you know, I guess that's what you guys get from the podcast behind the scenes. There's eight people in it, and we had about 12 minutes, and that was including entrances. Yeah, so you so don't you get to do a whole lot. I mean, yeah. we think there's eight people doing stuff, so, you know, you can't get in there and do a bunch of stuff. So, But that's okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. And, of course, our thing is we want to make sure everybody's happy with the match. Everybody's satisfied. So we, we did a couple cool things. Everybody did a couple cool things. Dive segment and took him home, and, you know, nobody got hurt. And that's all in the match seen very well and that was always really good and as I was leaving I bumped into my my longtime friend Mr. Joe Sposto from obviously uh, he used to be the Chikara uh, president of fun and he had yes. some podcast which 
where huge fans of uh, Box Heroes. Yes. Saw him, talked to him for a little bit. I guess he doesn't live, he lives like 10 minutes away. So I talked to our old buddy Jerry, talked to Tony Deppin, which we haven't seen since he's been lighting the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing really, really well. So, you know, God bless him and good for him. It's good to see all of his artwork paying off. And then I had to go to my parents' house to pick up something for Lily's birthday party. And then I think you stayed in sad. How much of the show did you stay and watch, partner? Uh, a little bit after intermission I was there. So I forget. I I, I watched Tony. He wrestled uh, Wheeler Yuta. That was a pretty good match. Also, I watched the six-way with um, Jason Furious and um, Sean... John Carr and uh, Dean Steele, and that was that was a good match. And there was like two other ones I watched. I can't really remember, but I didn't stay for the whole thing because I was it was running a little bit late. I think I left it was like ten or ten thirty, and there's still like two oh, matches wow. left. Yeah, so it went a little long, but I mean the the crowd seemed to like it. The new building's nice. I know they're gonna run there again in November. I think it's sixteenth. I want to say, and then they have the the big uh, toy drive show in Berwick on the twenty third. Yeah, so it was a long day for me just because. Before work, I got up to go to the gym, so I was up since quarter to four. Uh, gym, work, podcast, drive their show. So it was only about an hour drive, which wasn't bad. But I was, I, I was getting really, really tired in the last ten minutes of my drive. And then my lifelong best friend calls me. He was at a bar, and he's like, "Hey, man, you're on the news." <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, really?" And he's just like, "Yeah." And I said, "Kind of figured what it was for." And then as soon as I got off the phone with him, I was like, "Well, well I got you on the phone." I said, "Just stay with me ten more minutes." Cause I'm literally like ready to fall asleep at the wheel. So I got me home and uh, turned my phone, or hung up, and then I saw that you text. I was like, hey, we're on the news. I was yeah. like, oh, how about that? Yeah, someone sent me the, the, the picture, and they said, hey, you're on the news. I thought they were messing with me at first, and it was some other guy that I looked like or something. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, well, we are. <laughs> so it was, it was cool to see that. And when I was there, I didn't even notice them there. Or if I seen them, maybe I just thought it was the normal true wrestling camera people. So I took no notice of it at all. Yeah. Plus, we were in the zone, brother. So, obviously, I came home, told the wife, and then, obviously, the video and everything got posted when I, I went to bed about a half an hour after that. So, I woke up the next day, and I came home, for, like, went to the gym, and then I checked my social media, and it was the video clips all over everywhere, and I was like, well, I have to capitalize this, so I think I put on Twitter, saying the moral of the story is, to all you young wrestlers, if you want to get on the news at a local indie show, do your squats and make sure you fake and make sure you fake tan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess you could real tan if you, if, if you can, but yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. I was never on Fox 56 News before. I'm assuming you weren't either. So that's pretty cool. I was on Fox 56 a couple times for a show called Cops. I'm oh, oh jeez. I'm, I'm a good boy. I do not get into any. I've never gotten in much trouble even in my youth days. So. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, well, while we're was... on the subject of us, let's talk about what you got going on tomorrow, sir. Yeah, so PPW, Holy Family Academy in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. The match was announced today. It's me versus Sebastian Cage. I'm, I'm, I gotta admit, I'm, I'm not familiar with the guy. Uh, I heard he has a similar style of my own, so I'm gonna find a video and see how he is. And maybe scout a little bit, because I have no idea. So I gotta, gotta see. But it should, it should be a good match. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, here he's good. And then also the main event will be Austin Aries versus Clutch Adams. Austin Aries won the title last show, so he's defending against Clutch Adams. Uh, geez, let me, let me, my, wow, my, yeah, listen God. to that. That's my ringtone on my iPad of all things. That's the con fan. <laughs> yeah. yes. He's on a roll. So then after that, I mean, I'm off. I have a day off tomorrow. I will. I think I'm going to my nephew's soccer games. They basically play back to back. 
And I'm, I'm actually sneaking out for a little bit, and I'm going to go see the Joker. Oh, okay. There you go. So I yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, this will probably be the only time I will be able to go see it. Now, I know the plan was to go see it. We were at New York Comic Con, but things just ran wonky, and then people were just tired, so we were just like, ah, no big deal. So around 1 o'clock, about 20 minutes away from my house, is the Joker, so I'm going to sneak out for about two hours to see that. I'll review that on the podcast next week. And then after that, partner, we got a busy few weeks because the 26th, the last Saturday of the month, we have the Backbreakers Entertainment Wrestling Tag Tournament. Mm-hmm. Now, I fully plan on, and I know you do as well, I know you've been putting work in, I've been putting work in, I fully plan on making the run there, which means we will have to wrestle for an awesome tournament win the tournament. We don't have to wrestle once. We don't have to wrestle twice. We have to wrestle three times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no matter who wins the tournament, or even if you don't win the tournament, the last two teams will have to wrestle three times. Yes. Obviously, again, I fully plan on winning this tournament. There are some great tag teams in the tournament, but I'd be hard-pressed to admit that uh, I think we're the best. And that's just not being cocky. That's just, that's just me being confident, man. We, we put in a lot of work. So and then then after, I was going to say, in round one, we were taking on the Sambo show, which is... Uh, Samuel Adams and uh, Lobo, which I forget, I forget what his exact name is, but uh, they've been tagging a while. They tag in PPW, and I believe they tag in WXW down in Allentown for Samu. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I know Sam Adams a long time, and I saw the team for the first time at the first time when I made my PPW debut, and a lot of people said they had the best match with the Diamond City War Machines, who are also uh, friends of ours and also in the tournament, as long as the stepdads are in there as well. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of really, uh, really good teams in that tournament. So like I said, I fully plan on running the gamut there. So that'll be three matches. This is in my mind, three matches. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, which is the first week of November, we are wrestling for, I believe it's PCWA? No, that's uh, uh, RCW down Reading. Yes. My apologies. So that would be, in my mind, four matches in seven days as we are wrestling. A match that we, we, people have been talking about for the last 18, 20 months that they wanted to see. It's going to be us versus South Philly's finest, who to me is one of the best unsigned tag teams that are out there. Yeah, how about that? I mean, they've been multiple-time uh, PPW tag team champions, so uh, that would be pretty cool that we get to wrestle them. I'm looking forward to that one, too. And that's in Reading. I'm not exactly sure the address, as my cat knocks over a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that address. I'll get it then, and we'll, 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 we'll talk it next about week. it yeah. as a But we, Yeah, time. so that's, that's a lot of wrestling, you know? Even if we were to lose the first match, which I don't think we're going to lose the first match in the tournament, we would still wrestle twice in that many times. So I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. So you got a you know packed schedule as well. You got PPW, and I know there's a as we as we recording this, my social media, our social media, is going out saying, "Hey, PPW, you're booking Andy Hunter, but you're missing the other half." You know, let's uh, let's get this going. So hey, I. I I, I really appreciate it, guys. You know, the fans are always really big on what they want to see, and, and your, all your voices be heard. You know, yeah, I've been definitely. Hearing about how they want, they want us on Beyond Wrestling. And they, they, I hope those, so, yeah. That'd be awesome. Guys there, yeah, a lot of the guys there are, are having those guys over at Beyond Wrestling, like bringing Boom Gold. So it's just, yeah, I, I, we're, we're both really honored, and it just really goes to show that uh, we're working our tails off to give you guys what you want. So Yeah, we'll yeah thanks to anyone that. who uh, suggests us for any company. And, like, that's... A good thing, if you're a fan of anybody and you like to see that company, let the company know because that's the way to get in a lot of times. You know, like the company hears about oh, who's this guy and they keep hearing about him, they'll, they'll bring him in, you know, at least yeah. once. And then if it works out, then be there all the time. Find a man. When I go to my local ice cream parlor here in the, uh, the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania where I live, I want pumpkin pie milkshake. And that's <laughs> what they brought in. And I had a pumpkin pie. I was off the diet last week. 
I had a pumpkin pie milkshake, and we got the uh, young gentleman said, Sir, would you like that with chocolate syrup? I said, Absolutely. Would you like me to add marshmallows and graham crackers? And Ooh. I said, If you do that, I will add $2 bills to the tip jar for you. <laughs> oh, so, hey now. So that's why I just reference it. But that, I mean, that's basically goes in any way in life, guys. If there's something that you want, go out there, bust your hump for it, and eventually you will get there. So, yeah. You can't do nothing by sitting in your house, except sitting in your house. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. And of course, uh, the tag team tournament is at Backbreakers, and that's October 26th at the Falcon's Nest in Mayfield, Pennsylvania, which is slightly above Scranton, not like maybe, what, five minutes past Scranton, maybe ten at the most? Yeah, yeah, five minutes, yep. So, all right, sir, enough about us. Let's talk about, let's, uh, you know what, let's tag you in for a little bit. Let's go with your weekly segment. Let's hear about NWA Power. Okay, so I, I did watch NWA Power, and it is... It is, again, a great show, and it does fly by. It's only an hour, maybe a couple minutes more. It does a cool thing where it does, like, a countdown. So if you go to YouTube, because it starts at 6.05, three minutes before, they start the video, and it has a countdown. But what they're doing this week is because it's the second show. Everyone that, like, talked, uh, said something nice about it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, they would post the message. And, of course, the last one was The Rock putting over the show, saying, you know, to Jim Cornette and... Uh, NWA that he, he really enjoyed the show so that's pretty something if you get the rock saying hey I watched your show and I enjoyed it so it's pretty cool that, that, that they had all the people in there a lot of people from wrestling were saying that Corey Graves was on there it's NWA power I love it so stuff like that just little cool things I mean so it's it's gaining some steam it's picking up which is awesome because it, it's a great show um, it's the studio wrestling so it's just the, the ring the little interview thing Jim Cornette and the other guys I forget his name I think his name's Jim Call or Tim Collier or something like that he's the the perfect like straight man announcer who you know he's all business and, uh, and then they have an interview guy too who goes over to the podium where they do the interviews but they had a, a good women's match it was the former Sienna Allison K versus Ashley Vox for the women's title uh, Sienna or Ashley Allison K won, won the match that was a good match and they cut promos afterwards. She cut a promo. And then uh, there was Cole Kamana. He came out. He was cutting a promo. And he's like, I was supposed to be here to have a singles match. But now it's a tag match. But it's okay because I got a guy. He's like, you got a guy? I got a guy. And Mr. Anderson, more former Mr. Kenny, came out. And they had a tag match. And they beat uh, two, two basically job matches. Basically, it's all job matches. And maybe one or two legit matches in the end. Um, also, the former Damien Sandow came out. Who's now Aaron... Rex, I think his name is, or Aaron Stevens. I think this is his real name. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure, but he came out. He was first of his face, and they went heel real quick and said he's a he's an acting thespian, and he does he deserves better, and he doesn't want anyone to look him in the eye, so he turned heel. But it's pretty cool how these characters come out. You don't know anything about him except hey, I remember him, or maybe you don't know him at all, and they get over just by cutting a promo. There's another guy, Ricky Sparks, who I never seen this guy, I never heard of him. He's more of a cruiserweight guy. He wrestled Trevor Murdoch who was uh, in WD years ago. He came back, and, and he beat him, and then I was like, wow, who, who is this guy? They cut a promo and got himself over, and uh, he's a great talker. And then the main event was Homicide and Eddie Kingston. I, th I think they have a name, but I forget who it is, and they took on their tag team champions. Oh, what's their name? I, I forget. The former brand from TNA. and an er I forget their names totally. They're like the highlights or something like that. So it was a good match they were going, but then they got attacked by the Dawsons, who's this like big redneck team who they're trying to put over so they came out and started attacking the match ended and uh 
and uh, you know, a, a, a no contest basically since they did that. And then the whole show they're building up to uh, where Nick Aldis has this manager named Camille, and she never talks. And it's like, does Nick Aldis not letting her talk? Why is she helping him? And uh, it was just this big thing they kept on showing like that we're gonna uh, you know sit down interview with him. And they did that. That was like the the main event. And then of course she still didn't talk, so they didn't get anything out of her. So they're keeping that storyline going. But it's a it's a really fun show, and it flies by. And they also have these weird things where they have these like old time '80s commercials. And the one they had first show was Austin Idol's Wrestling School. And the way they shoot it, it's like just really cheesy and old school. But apparently it's a legit school. But this week they also had um, I forget his name, but it was Waffle and Tire Irons, <laughs> and that was his uh, in Pawtucket, Kentucky. He's like, I have waffles and I have tire irons, and I paint them gold. And I was like, I don't know if this is legit or not. It was over the top, but it's funny. So it's it's nice they throw in those little funny commercials in there to kind of make it feel like you're watching a 1980s show. But all in all, NWA Power, it's, uh, it's a great hour of wrestling to watch. And still, they've only had two shows, and there's still tons of guys that haven't even been mentioned or came out yet. Like, the Rock and Roll Express have not come out yet. They kind of show a little video package in the beginning, showing some people, like, hey, I didn't see them yet, but uh, it's a fun show. I did watch... Um, now, Eddie Kingston and Homicide and Ring of Honor, they were Outlaw Inc., Oh, okay. I don't think they're calling that. Maybe it's copyright by ROH. I don't know if it's copyright by ROH back then. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. Anywho, anywho uh, I did watch the first, maybe 10 minutes of the first episode, and I'm a huge fan of, the, I guess, it sounds like Dawkins in the beginning. Yes, like yes, it's, a, it's it's Into the Fire by Dawkins, which is apparently is making Dawkins a thing again. So, how about that? Oh, into the Fire! <laughs> I heard that you're rocking like Don Dawkins. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I hear Doc and I, I always think of uh, Dream Warriors from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Okay, yeah. Dream Warriors, I don't dream no more. <laughs> I actually have that on record. It's uh, that whole album. On vinyl? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, I bought it at the auction for like a dollar or two years ago. You should get it on cassette. <laughs> I'm sure that it should exist. All Doc and uh, exist on cassette. But like, it's pretty cool they picked that because it gives it more of an 80s feel. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the, they have Dawkin on the shelves when they make some new ones then. <laughs> oh, my good, You gotta let me know. Yeah. You gotta let me know. Because so. it's picking up. Like, I, I just went to YouTube to type in Dawkin because uh, people are typing it into the fire. They think it's a song that was made for this. And they're like, wait, wait this is a video? This is a band? <laughs> and so now, like, Dawkins getting all these hits. Like, what? All these wrestling fans. Oh, this is a band. So they're, I mean, good for them. Checking out, you know, Dawkins, which uh, I'm sure have not been. Uh, too busy in recent years. <laughs> Andy had no pressure on you. I know you're the ones that upload the shows. You're the ones that name the shows. Maybe podcast episode number seventy-one, rocking like Don Dockin. There, there we go. You name it what you want. And spell rocking R O K K E N. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so I, I just pulled up the results, and the, the the tag team that Kingston and Homicide, who are just called Kingston and Homicide NBA, are called the Wild Cards. That's because Eddie Kingston and Blackjack Marciano and Chikara were the wild cards. Oh, really? That's now. weird. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, okay, well, now, now, now I scroll down. It does say Outlaw Inc. So maybe they are calling that. And the wild cards are Thomas Latimer and Royce Isaacs. And uh, I believe Thomas Latimer was Bram and TNA. Huh. How about yeah. that? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I suggest NWA. It's an easy hour to watch. And uh, every Tuesday, 6.05 on YouTube, it's up. And then you watch it whenever you want. And then uh, after that, and uh, AEW Dark comes on. I don't know if you've seen it, but there was an awesome match between Joey Janela and Kenny Omega that was insane. 
it was a uh, street fight. I yeah, just, I just see the finish, the one ring angel onto like a chair. Yeah, oh, and then right before that, uh, not to spoil it, but there's four chairs. And instead of like putting them the nice way, he put them where the backs are to each other and threw Janelle off the top rope through that and hit that. I mean, it was a crazy match. So if you have time, check out AEW Dark, uh, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janelle. Yeah, and it's cool. It's I like agree. we're getting a bonus show on Tuesday now. You know. Speaking of Tuesday, now, as always, as we, we kind of uh, handshake agreed to that you would review NWA Power, like if I get to I get to it, I will be viewing the uh, Impact shows on Access as I get Access okay. TV with my very high direct TV bill. Thank you very much. <laughs> so they're, I don't, they're not going to debut the new stuff until after Bound for Glory, which Bound for Glory is this Sunday. So, as I mentioned before, they're going through all the pay-per-views from this past year to get you caught up. Okay. Now, this is this is when I would kind of watch TNA here or there when it was on Pursuit. Sometimes it would be a half an hour, sometimes it would be an hour, sometimes it wouldn't show up, sometimes it would be two hours. So, you never knew. So, I was kind of familiar with the, to- the storyline. So, I'm like, okay, I'll watch Slammiversary. So, I'm watching it, and obviously there's some good stuff with, obviously, Phoenix and Pentagon and, uh, and L- LAX wrestling the other uh, Rascals. And, I'm trying to- and then this was the show that Brian Cage... I'm sorry, Brian Cage, uh, he beat, uh, Brian Cage and Michael Elgin. Brian Cage and Michael Elgin had a really, really good match. Okay. But that wasn't the main event. I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm running through my head the storylines that happened a few, you know, X amount of months ago. What was the main event of the show? And I forgot it was Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard. Oh, yeah, that was like... And I remember everybody saying that this match, it was unbelievable. It was the first intergender match to uh, main event of pay-per-view. And Amber just basically just sat down. And she's just like, no, nah, I'm like, you're not going to like Sammy Callahan because Amber does not like skinny. Yeah. She doesn't like uh, people with long beards because eventually they sweat and they get their spit. She can't. She can't watch. <laughs> she, cannot, she can't watch. As good as Bra- Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson is, whatever you want to call him, she can't watch him wrestle because he's eventually going to sweat through his beard. <laughs> You're not going to like Sammy Callahan because he spits. Yeah. So then Tessa Blanchard comes on. I'm explaining to her like the storyline that they built up, and I was like, she's like, "Why is this the main event?" And I said, "I'm a huge fan of Tessa Blanchard." And I told her, "I said I don't know when her contract's up." But she is, to me, the number one free agent for WWE to get oh, yeah. male, female, intergender. I, I don't care. She is, the, you can make a definite argument, she's the best female wrestler in the world. And she's not, she's wrestling great talent, but she's not wrestling the Oscars. She's not wrestling the EOs. She's not wrestling the Charlottes, the yeah. Sashes, the, you know, the girls over at Stardom, yada, yada, yada. So she goes, well, why, like, what's the point of this match? Like, why would I believe that, that Tessa can beat Sammy Callahan like she, she throws these quick intense forms that is so believable and her selling in her facials when she's throwing these forearms it's unbelievable that's how the match starts you oh, get wow. into the face she grabs it and she starts she's like wow she's, you're not kidding so we watched it she watched the whole thing with me and it was a great match and I even forgot who won but Sammy Callahan yeah Sammy Callahan wins because I think yeah, it was for the world title, was it not? No, it wasn't. It, it basically now Sammy Callahan's the number one contender. Oh, okay. Brian Cage in the main event this Sunday at Bound for Glory. Which that's Bound for Glory show looks loaded. Yeah, I know. Tess is in, a, I think, an X-Division match. It's a six-way, and Ace Austin's in that. With our boy Ace Austin. Yeah. Yep. A couple other people that I'm not, I'm not familiar with because I, I don't watch TNA or an Impact. But yeah, so maybe maybe Tess wins the X-Title because it's the first uh, woman X-Title champion. Yeah, and in the women's match is Taya Valkyrie, who's doing phenomenal things against Neil Dashwood, who I'm oh. always a big fan yeah, of. Yeah, the former Emma. But the match I'm looking forward to the most, I more than likely would not be watching it because it's on Sunday night. I think it's like 30 or $40. I mean, even if it was free, I probably, I don't know. But this match alone may be worth 10 or $15 is uh, Namichi Marafuji 
obviously the ace of pro wrestling, Noah versus Michael Elgin. Obviously, Elgin spent a lot of time in Japan with New Japan. So I'm really excited to see that. Marafuji is just always a treat to watch. Oh, yeah, that should be a good match. Ten years ago, five years ago, even today, Marafuji is still fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I would like to watch that, but, uh, you know, a TNA pay-per-view right now, yeah, probably not going to buy that. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, who, who knows it. But I'm real excited to see. So, and obviously, I will be covering the Impact part for this podcast. We'll be doing the NWA. You know, the Impact, other, now these pay-per-views are three hours, so it takes a little bit more time for me to get through. But I'm going to try to watch the NWA as well, as I've been hearing nothing but good things. But speaking of good things, the, the uh, I, mean, I guess we may as well make this a regular segment on the show, the Wednesday Night Wars. There we go. Yeah, did you get a chance to watch AEW or, or, and or NXT? I watched AEW, but I did not watch NXT. It's probably, for me, it's it's one or the other. And then the next day I can kind of catch up, up if I watch it by illegal means. But uh, NXT does not hit the network until 24 hours. So it comes on 8, 8 o'clock on Thursday night. Uh, it does come on Hulu, but they edit it down to an hour. So I'd rather watch the whole thing. I just got to wait, but this Thursday was kind of busy. So I didn't get the NXT at all. So I didn't see a second NXT, but I did watch AEW, and I thought it was a really good show. I thought that was, I mean, I know it's only week three. I thought week one and week two, as far as quality goes, of in-ring action, I thought NXT was a little bit better. But all these shows, these are six shows, they're all A to A+. Plus. By all means, guys, I'm not crap. I love both of them. I thought NXT was a little bit better week one week two. NXT was great this week, but I thought AEW had the better show. I thought the women's match with Rio, Britt Baker was excellent. A lot of people um, didn't like it, but I thought, like, it started picking up then near the end. It reminded me of the Royal Rumble match with Ronda and Sasha, where they, it wasn't clicking three or four minutes in. It just seemed like they were half a step off. But you forgot about that when you got into the fall season because it picked up and then the crowd got into it. And that was the same for Ronda and Sasha. And to me, this was the same for Britt and, uh, and Rio. And I love the match. I love the match. I love the finish. I mean, I love the finish. Yeah, which, uh, Britt's trying to get in her new finisher, which is called the Lockjaw, where she gets, puts it like the rings of Saturn with the mandible claw. And she's trying to do it, but Rio has her mouth shut, and she won't. She won't do it, and then she just rolls up Brent. So I thought that was a cool ending. Yeah, I thought it was terrific. I thought that match was great. I think that was Rio's best match I've ever seen her in, and I have seen a handful of her Stardom matches. I thought that was best. You know, I haven't seen a whole bunch of Brent yeah. Baker. I thought that was the best match she was in. But the match that blew me away, and you texted me like the next day, like, did you see this match? And I was like, I only, I, I'm at that match now. Was the tag match between with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page? I guess two. Uh, Fifths of the elite, yeah. Versus Jericho, I'm sorry, uh, not Jericho, Moxley and uh, and Pac. Yeah, yeah. There was a, like the tag match was uh was the main. You know, it wasn't the they they call it a main event match, but then the main event was Darby Allen versus Jericho. We'll get there. So this match was was very good. I mean, it's, it started off. I was like, this is great. I mean, they were chanting, this is awesome and everything. And it really, it shows the what what uh, John Moxley performed Dean Ambrose, but he was just not doing it WWE because he'd been held back or maybe he just wasn't into it or whatever. But I mean, now he's he's like unleashed and what a match. It was great. Did you notice when Moxley was now they're in Philly? Moxley was before he got in the ring. There was a CZW champion. Oh no, I, I did. I didn't catch that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I guess beforehand, him and Matt Burns, the former Sick Nick Mondo, who did that really cool video. Yeah, that released for him. And I guess he's doing more, and I guess he's got a contract with AEW. Oh, to like be like a video maker or whatever, right? Because that that video was was fantastic. Of Moxley back in prison. Here's a shout to one of my other favorite podcasts, uh, my buddy Peter Melnick over at the Marvelous. Did the AEW interview, which I showed you guys the pictures at uh, NYC at, yeah. at New York Comic Con. So they just released that podcast this week, and they basically it's a roundtable. It's him and a bunch of other people from different podcasts, and they all get to ask like one or two questions. One of them is Jericho, one of them is Moxley, and I believe he brings up the thing with uh, with 
not Nick Mondo, and he said, well, not to give anything away, but yeah, he's working for AEW. Anywho, so the two, there's a picture of the two of them earlier in the day in front of the 2300. Uh, oh, I've seen that picture, yes. But, yeah, AEW show was great. Uh, uh, and the, the main event with Darby Allen Jericho was really good, especially when he, uh, he tapes duct tapes Darby Allen's hands behind his back, and Darby Allen does all the dives and everything. I will say this, sir, about that match. Was it excellent? Yes. The best part about that match was how well Jericho put over Darby. Oh, yeah. By that, by that I mean... I'm to take a swig of my water. Sorry. By that, I mean, like, he sold for Darby Allen. He did all this stuff for Darby Allen. I mean, Darby was great. Don't get me wrong. But when you have a superstar like Jericho, it's on the, it's, he's the world champion on the main event of a primetime show. He had him duct tape his hands behind his back. So he was che- he was cheating. I know it was no disqualification, but it was kind of cheating doing it that way. Yeah. And then he had Jake Hagar, who was a legit two and MMA fighter, who's a legit badass, had to come in and cheat to help Jericho. This guy, <laughs> yeah. Jericho, has been wrestling longer than this guy's been living, and he probably has ninety to one hundred pounds on him. Like Jericho could have easily. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming Jericho's calling most of his shots there, but if they could have said to Jericho, Jericho would have said, "No, I'm going to beat him, clean him in the middle of the ring." We got to build to this pay-per-view match in November with Cody. Yeah. So the fact that Jericho signed off on it, or it could even been his idea, it's just more kudos to Chris Jericho. I mean, he, he made Darby Allen, he made him a star by doing that. Like he did, he could not beat this kid clean in the ring. Oh yeah, which and it, it really got let Darby showcase all his uh, athletic stuff, like doing the springboards and the, and like the dives and stuff with no arms, basically. <laughs> so and it was pretty cool. And then of course Jericho gets him in the. The Walls of Jericho, which they're not calling that now. They're probably coming up with a different name because they just called it the Boston Crab. And it's like, oh. And they're called the Lion Tamer either. So I'm sure they'll come up with a new name after that. And they made him tap out with that. So it was, it was good, but it was a uh, very, very good match. I enjoyed it. And it kind of makes Darby Allen kind of a star now. Because now they're like, oh, I remember he had that match with Jericho. They taped his hands behind his back. The skateboard guy, you know? So it's pretty cool. And then even Jericho gave him the uh, double underhook uh, powerbomb on the skateboard. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that answers one of my questions because it seems like they're building up to the inner circle versus the elite, which obviously Jericho, LAX, J.K. Hagar, and Sammy Guevara versus uh, the elite would be Cody, Kenny, the Bucks, and Hangman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I know MJF is going to. I mean, you see it on the wall; it's going to happen. Yeah, MJF he, is going to turn on Cody probably at the pay per view because that's yeah. when the heat's the biggest. And cost so the world mean, title. Yeah. So does that mean MJF joins the inner circle, or is it just a one off? I'm like, well, if MJF's joining the inner circle, the elite need one more person. Who's it going to be? I'm like, oh. Clearly, it's Darby Allen now. So yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, what I think they're gonna do is swear with this because we were talking. Me and my friends were talking. Uh, Marty Scroll's contract is up before the pay per view, uh, so Marty Scroll shows up. But remember, the elite he was abandoned in ROH and they left him. He remember he has uh, all my friends are dead. So does he come in? Oh, Marty Scroll's here to help the elite, and then he doesn't. Turns on him and he joins Jericho. Possibility. Yeah, I can see that. So because you know I'm gonna just. Go out and live and say Marty Scroll's gonna sign with AEW. I mean, come on, he's still in the being elite opening. <laughs> I know they Ring of Honor had was it Glory by Honor last weekend, and I thought because I'm a Honor Club, I thought it was free, but I think it was an extra ten bucks. Oh, okay. I know there's the semifinals and the finals for the tournament to see who's gonna challenge Roosh for the heavyweight title at Final Battle, which is weird that they're doing Final Battle in Baltimore. Yeah, not a hammer style. Yeah. So. I did not get a chance to take a look at the results. I apologize. I, was a, I, I know who won, won, if you want to know. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, PCO beat Marty Scroll, so it's going to be PCO versus Roosh. Really? Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, PCO's hot right now, so who knows? 
Yeah, I don't think they take the belt off for I don't either, no. He quit from C- CMLL and he really wants to work for Ring of Honor. I yeah. think that hopefully they do one of these old school Jay Lethal, Jay Briscoe, Kevin, oh, Kevin Steen, Nigel McGuinness, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, long 12, 14, 16 months title, title month. Yeah, I, yeah, I hope so. I mean, the only way I see Roosh losing the title is if uh, he signs with somebody else and he's out of the company. But I think he wants to stay, so I mean, why not? And ROH yeah. should sign him because they, they, they could use him. They definitely use him. And uh, yeah. Roosh already a better champion than Matt Taven. I'll say that. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. But uh, Roosh versus uh, PCO. I know some people don't like it, but I'd watch it. <laughs> I'm kind of interested to see it. I'm, I'm glad you told me, partner, because up until. 90 seconds ago, I was just had it in my head that the main event was going to be Marty Scroll and Roosh. But you're telling me, because usually those Ring of Honor contracts expire at the end of December, uh, which would be the end of Final Battle. So you're telling me his contract's up before that. So we're not going to see Marty Scroll and Roosh, which I thought would have been the big money match, or Roosh and Jay Lethal, because I think Jay Lethal's still the best guy there. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, so there's an AEW's full gear is Saturday, November 9th, and they said his contract is up before that. So. And he lost the PCO, so I think the the writing's on the wall there for Marty Scroll. In in ROH anyway. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, wouldn't you go with all your buddies? I mean, unless ROH offers him a ton of money, but I would just think that AEW matches whatever ROH offers. And uh, I mean, he, and he could go to WWE too, but I, I would say that's even less than <laughs> going to stay in ROH. Hell, his girlfriend's in NXT, so I mean, you go that route. Yeah, but then you know, so's uh. You know, Britt Baker's in AEW, I'm calls in NXT, so who knows? Jordan Grace and Jonathan Gresham. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that works. God bless all. Of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wish them nothing, but yeah, I mean, Moxley and Renee, so, so you know. Yeah. But so, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see. I'm glad that you told me that. Yeah. So let me go into the NXT show. I won't really spoil anything. Okay. It was another really good, solid show. Keith Lee and Jack was really good. I'll give the spoilers on that. So what happens next week? They've been, they're building it up next week. It's supposed to be Velveteen Dream and Roger Strong. Mm-hmm. The Undisputed Era came out, and Kyle O'Reilly threw a flash drive to Mar Ronello. They put it in, basically, before them. Basically beat up Velveteen Dream, who has a legit back injury, and they just want to take him off the road for a couple weeks. So uh, the, the most underrated wrestler in the history of wrestling, William Regal, comes out and says he will defend his title against the winner of Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak. So they have a great, of course, a great match. Roger Strong comes out, double disqualification. He does a run-in. So you know where this is going to go. Regal gets on the microphone and says, "Nope, triple threat next week." I'm like, "I will take that." So yeah. Keith Lee, Roger Strong, Donovan Dijak. The main event was uh, Damian Priest, the former Punishment Martinez, versus Pete Dunne, and that match was absolutely fantastic. And I thought this would just be a kind of a showcase for Pete Dunne. But uh, Punishment Martinez, Damian Priest, whatever you want to call him, he actually got the victory for that wow. match. I think I thought was excellent. There I was, heard it wasn't bad. As this new podcast, it said it's pretty good. Because I, I never thought too much of uh, Punishment Martinez slash Damian Priest, but they said it was pretty good. They, they said maybe his best match ever. I was like, wow. I mean, Pete Dunne's really good. Jay White, you This is when Jay White was a white me baby face, and he was on excursion to Ring of Honor. The Jay White feud stuff was excellent. Really? Uh, so I think I think there's like three or four Jay White matches that were better than this. It still was a fantastic match. Then there was there, I'm going to call a lot of these guys by their indie name. Jonah Rock, who was a big star in uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, took on Matt Riddle. They had like a six to eight minute match, but it was all action. Like they started off when they did not do the handshake, but they did the you know Matt Riddle does the touching of the fist. So they okay. did that. They had a really really good match. That was good. Um, Taya Conte, I think they changed her name. She wrestled. I think she's just uh, Tainara now. Like I think they yeah. dropped her last name. She wrestled 
I heard. Oh, jeez. I forget. And and I think Eo had a real quick match too that she won. Yeah, a lot of these matches were really quick. They they uh, they did a lot of fun stuff. Though the show was really really good. There was a great tag. The best match of the show was the two guys from Imperium. Okay. Yes. Uh, 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 versus Birch and Lor- Lorcan. I'm like, well, this will work good because they're all do like almost like that old school British, you know, hard hitting style. Mm-hmm. So that match was really good. It was uh, Fabian Heitner and Marcel Bartel. Yes. Yeah, they were they really good. I never seen that Bartell guy before, and I was. Th- I mean, obviously, if he's in the Walters group, he's got to be good. I was thoroughly impressed. That was the best match of the show. As good as Don and Priest was, which was excellent, that was the best match of the show. Again, I thought this NXT show was great, but I would give the Duke over to NXT or not NXT AEW, and AEW did another million views. Mm. Wow! Yeah, yeah, they did a million. I believe uh, NXT did like seven hundred thousand somewhere. So yeah, that. AW still beating them, but it's not by a huge margin. I seen the one thing is like AOW obliterates NXT. I wouldn't say that. I mean, they're getting more views, but uh, NXT isn't that far behind. I wouldn't write no. them out just yet. They need to go to a bigger arena. Yeah, they need to get out of the. All the uh, time to make it feel big. I mean, but, they probably uh, will once they're you know the first month or so. I I, I would see it coming. Maybe I will say this, sir. Obviously, the big right, the big news for the past month and probably the rest of the year and maybe next year is going to be the Wednesday Night Wars. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, for obvious reasons. However, hands down, the best, and I know we talked about before we went on the air, I'm not going to spoil it too much. Hands down, the best, these, again, both these shows, AEW, NXT, AA+, hands down, the best show of the week happened on Monday morning. Yes. It literally goes to show you, as well as all these companies are doing, as far as pro wrestling growth, as far as storytelling, as far as booking, as far as in-ring action goes, the King of Sports, New Japan Pro Wrestling, to me, and a lot of people, and I put out this tweet, a lot of people agree with me, they're still the king. They are still the king. This King of Pro Wrestling show was fantastic. I talked to so many different people with everybody had a different match. What was your favorite match? What was your favorite match? I had some people like, ah, I thought the Sonata Okada match was just okay. I will say mm. this. That match was fantastic. I don't know what Meltzer gave it. To me, it was four and a half stars easy. And you know what the you know what the funniest thing about it is? This is the fourth time that these guys wrestled because they wrestled at the New Japan Cup final. Mm-hmm. They wrestled uh, when Okada said, well, if you beat Jay White, Sonata gets the first title shot. They wrestled at the G1 where Sonata got his win, and then they wrestled on Monday. Yeah. This was their worst. This was their worst match this year, and it was easy four and a half stars. <laughs> so yeah, the, the that worst was my favorite far. match. It was my favorite match of the night. Suzuki and Liger told a phenomenal story. Liger came out as Battle Liger, you know, no shirt, just ripped to shreds. Suzuki, Suzuki. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure you found out about what happened at the very end of yes. the match, which I thought was pure class. And then a lot of people were saying the match that stole the show was Robbie Eagles and Osprey. And I think I texted you right afterwards. I'm like, this match was insane. All right, El Fantasma and Osprey. Uh, what I say? Yeah, Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles is his tag partner. Yeah, they look alike though, so it's okay. Yeah, Robbie Eagles. Uh, he actually came in because of course there was interference with okay, Ishimori. Yeah. So, but that was great. That you, you know, when they were announced the car, like Tanahashi's 20th anniversary match. Like, yeah, oh, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? It's like. Him and Hamna versus Yano Makabe, and you're just like, eh. And then the match happens, and then you're just like, and then Chris Charlton does a great job explaining why Tanahashi picked this match. Okay. Like Makabe was the top guy when when Tanahashi was coming up, and he kind of passed the torch. Like, like it's no, and I we talk about it here all the time. It's no secret that Tanahashi basically saved New Japan, but the guy that was basically like the, the guy that was like keeping it afloat, like was basically like the lifeguard. Mm-hmm. 
was Makabe, and then he basically handed it off to Tanahashi, then basically put New Japan on a boat, and now Okada has it on a, you know, a 16-line, you know, yeah, Cordesian cru- cruiser, you know, yeah, right there, now. Yeah, there we go, speed drive. <laughs> but it was fun, and Wanato uh, Inua, who retired about eight years ago because of neck injury, he was basically in Tanahashi's corner, and they basically talked about that story. They did a great job. That's what's great about Chris Charlton. He does a great job with the... Yeah, he knows his stuff, man. Yeah, he is, yeah. He's a, a Japanese wrestling historian, if there ever was one. I do, and I do have to put him over for his book, the Tokyo Dome book, which yeah, he got shows. for Christmas. It's fantastic. I do want to read the New Japan one. And I, I actually got to say, I've been reading to send him a tweet to see if he's going to do one on All Japan, because I would love to read a Kingdom one on the, the late 80s, early 90s, early to mid-90s of the All Japan King Road. So. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I know he's doing for post-wrestling. I don't think it started yet, but it's going to start soon. He's doing a, uh, a podcast called Thunderstruck, and he's going through the biggest match of Jushin Lager's career in that year, starting from when he started till you know he's going to finish in January. Out of town. Yeah, so every every show is going to be whatever match he had, and like what was his biggest match in 1992? And this show is called Thunderstruck, Jushin Thunder Lager. Like that's pretty cool. So I let you know when it starts. It did not start yet, but uh, he, yeah, he, he's he's really good. Yeah, and speaking of Jushin Lager, they did announce. His first retirement match, which yes. I'm glad. Yes, oh, and you were right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now that now, well, here's something too. When, right before the Liger Suzuki match, Tanahashi came out for a Japanese commentary. Obviously, I watched the English commentary. Did not have time. Probably would not have time to watch the Japanese commentary. And they showed Tanahashi. Like they zoomed in on him when he came in. Mm-hmm. They showed him when Liger came out, and then Suzuki does the bow. Liger leaves. They show Tanahashi again. So they said he's going to have two retirement matches as well as he should. He's got the eight man in uh, night one. Do they do him and Tanahashi on night two? Ooh, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. They, they they didn't really hint to his night two match at all. So who knows if they get an old guy, they get a current guy. I mean, they, you don't know. I mean, I like the, the, the eight man with the, uh, Otani and Takaiwa in it and great Sasuke. So that should be... It's been really cool just to see that. It's cool how they're just bringing all those like you know rivals over the years and putting them all in one big match. But yeah, do, do they do him versus uh, Tanahashi? Do they him versus somebody said what about him and Jericho? I mean, if he requests Jericho, I'm sure he would wrestle oh, his I Liger's last that. match. I was like, okay. I mean, who would turn that down? Hey, you, can you wrestle my last match with me? Uh, no. You know, like who would say that? So I mean, who knows? And I think that they're going to do because Okada said. Again, Chris Charlton, let's put him over again during his post-match beef, said that his dream is to sell out the Tokyo Dome. He wants to be the guy that's had more people than anybody, which I don't know if they can do because I know the scale of down. I want to say Hashimoto is the top guy with 61,000 people, where I think Tana got it up to 40. But I don't know. I think because they, they scaled down, I think you can only hit like 45, 48 in there. I could be wrong. Okay. But he said his dream is to sell the Tokyo Dome with him on top. He said, why not do it two nights in a row? So... He said that once he defeats Kodobushi, he will be defending the belt on the fifth as well. So yeah. we're going to see. And then obviously Koda, Jay White, Matisse, Tanahashi, Matisse and Goto, uh, and Naito. They're all saying that they want to be double champions yeah. by the end of January 5th. So it's just like, it looks like that. Whoever the Intercontinental Champion is after night one is going to be challenging the heavyweight champion Yeah, on and that's two. the main event for night two. But uh, who, who will be the IC champion? Who knows? I think maybe even who goes into Wrestle Kingdom IC champion may not be the same. You know, the first day they might, you know, let's say Kodobushi is uh, Intercontinental Champion the first day, and then he loses it to, I don't know, Naito, and then it's Naito for Sokata, something like that. It's going to be, here's my opinion. No reason to keep it off, off Jay White. He's the hot heel right now. He's going to be go to a power struggle. 
Yeah, Naito over Jay White, Okada over Bushi, and then the fine, finally, the longest story, told story maybe in the history of pro wrestling. <laughs> Two and a half years. Naito, yes. I mean, every year he's going to win the G1. He's got to win the G1. He's going to win the G1. He doesn't win the G1. This year, this year we were shocked that Jay White won. I mean, I remember watching it on my, we were wrestling the, the night before. I remember watching on my iPad, literally laying on my parents' floor, like 8 in the morning. Like, I can't believe it. And then last year, he lost to Zack Sabre Jr., so he fell uh, in the final night, so he fell all the way down to fourth place. So it's like, what are they doing? And a year before, you won the G1, and it's like, oh, he's definitely going to beat Okada. Yeah, and and he nope. So, and, and, then they, and then Okada's speech was, hey, Naito, you finally made the take, uh, main event of the, take, the Tokyo Dome, right? He's like, feels good, doesn't it? Let's do it again. Let's main event the Tokyo Dome again. I think Naito, finally, after this was Wrestle, that was Wrestle Kingdom 12, so thirty, so two, you know, two plus year story. Well, if you think about it, even going back to Wrestle Kingdom eight, when it was him and Okada for the heavyweight title, but they went to the main event. Tanahashi and Nakamura were for the Intercontinental yeah. belt at the time. They were the two biggest stars in the company. So you have literally this six year journey from Naito told, where it's like finally, not only does he win the main event, but he leaves as double champion. I think that's what they're gonna do. I, I hope so. That'd be really cool. Now, do you think they unify the titles then? What do they no. do after? Are, are they just he defends them both and then loses one and still has the other? Yeah, I think he lose. I think he'll. I think and then you'll probably put it back on Okada at Dominion because it seems like Dominion is Okada's show. Yeah, or maybe even he says, "I okay, I won both. Now I'm gonna relinquish the IC and just hold on to the world title." And maybe he gives the IC to Shingo. Oh yeah, or maybe yeah. yeah that'd be something else. Yeah, I, I'd be okay with all that. And, and we didn't even talk about this. Uh, Moxley couldn't make the pay-per-view because of the typhoon that was going on in Japan. So they had Juice Robinson versus Lance Archer, and Lance Archer won the United States title. That match was wild. Yeah. That match was the ECW style. Wow. That match was wild. So now, when Moxley comes back to Japan, he's kind of looking at the bully, or he has been the bully the whole entire time that he's been there because he's the more aggressive guy pulling out tables. Now he's gonna look like the underdog fighting for because Lance Archer is just such a mo- such a monster. Such yeah, a monster. and he's like six six or seven or whatever he is, six nine whatever he is. Yeah. So and then you know Moxley wants his belt back. They never lost. So there's a, a story right there. So hopefully we get that, and then we get Moxley Suzuki if Suzuki stays around because that would be awesome on night two. I'd, I'd like to watch that match. Or maybe if Suzuki happens. leaves, then maybe we get an AEW. I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Or well, how about this? Moxley Suzuki Bloodsport. <laughs> That'd be something yeah, else because they were uh, supposed to do Barnett Suzuki at Blood, uh, Bloodsport too. Yeah. City, but that's when Moxley hurt his elbow. Yeah. So then, then he didn't do it. So I, I would think maybe he gets to do that next year because you know some of the guys in AEW they give a little leeway to do other shows. Jericho, Omega, Moxley is one of them. I, w- I wouldn't even be surprised if Joey Janela still is able to do his uh, Spring Break show. You know. Because who else would do it? You would think Orange Cassidy, but they signed him too, so... Well, well you know, in the words of Ronnie Mo, whoa, 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 stop the yeah. clock. Yesterday I saw for Maryland Championship Wrestling, the anniversary show, they have Luchasaurus on, Orange Cassidy, and I think like... Britain, best Friends? Like the, or was it? Yeah, Best Friends. Yeah, I've right, seen that. Right, MCW, right. I'm like, whoa, they're still doing it? So I guess, you know, it, it all depends, you know? But uh, I know Luchasaurus got hurt before the show, and he's going to be out for six months with some type of hamstring injury, which, that nah, that sucks for him. I mean, because he's really, the crowd's getting behind him. But, I mean, it's good for Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy, because now they'll be focused on, but, I mean, it sucks for Luchasaurus. But, hey, that was a good match today. We didn't even talk about that, that Lucha Brothers versus Jurassic Express of Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy. Yeah, that was excellent. 
Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's so much good wrestling right now, it's insane. So, you know, like, Raw and SmackDown have fallen to the bottom, because I'll be honest, the draft sucked. So, I mean, a lot of people were rubbed the wrong way with that Hell in the Cell ending, and it's the worst time to not put out a good product, because people will leave. They'll be like, hey, what's this wrestling on Wednesday? I'm going to watch this instead. Yeah, we're trying to get to it all. I'm going to try, when I come home from Joker, to go to try to get caught up on the three PWG shows that I'm behind. Oh, wow. Plus, I have to order their anniversary show that came out like a month ago. And, and then Bowl will be now, out. Yeah. Any day now, Bowl is going to be released. Oh, boy. So waffly behind. And, yeah, and, and here we didn't even talk about this. So, uh, Stardom was for, apparently, for sale. WD was thinking about buying Stardom because they want to make NXT Japan. And Stardom, the, the deal fell through. And uh, Bushi Road, who owns New Japan Wrestling, bought Stardom. So now they own both companies. So they say there's going to be no. I think Meltzer said there's not going to be like Stardom will be on New Japan World, but I'm assuming there'll probably be a Stardom World title match at Wrestle Kingdom. Why the hell not? And then uh, why not make the hey if you buy uh, New Japan World, you can also get the Stardom app for uh, discounted price. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, if they don't put them together, which maybe they will eventually, but hey, I'll do that because I really want like to watch Stardom, and that's pretty cool. And then uh, WWE tried to buy Pro Wrestling Noah, and that fell through, and they didn't buy Noah. So, WWE really trying to start the NXT Japan, which I'm thinking maybe a little too much because I don't know how nothing against it, but I don't know how many people watching NXT UK right now. With everything there is, that's kind of bottom of the barrel. Nothing against yeah. it, you know. So you had a, you had a third one. You had NXT Japan. I mean, who are they gonna get? Because they would want to take people from every Japan, you know, Japanese company, and you know, you know how Japan is with respect and everything. They're not gonna like that, so they're they're gonna have a real hard time making NXT Japan. Unless they just buy a company and say, this is NXT Japan now. Supposedly they're eyeing Big Japan. Yeah. I mean, once they see that, it's most that it's like... Deathmatch guys. Level. Yeah. I mean, they're getting a lot of... Well, they're getting away from a good majority of it, but still like, you know, the number one deathmatch company over in Japan. But then I heard Dragon Gate as well. That I, that what I'd want to see. Yeah. Is Dragon Gate. I mean, if they buy that and just make it NXT Japan Dragon Gate or whatever, I guess I'm okay with that. But I, I don't know if it how much it really helps... Dragon Gate? I mean, I, I don't know. I guess they'd be on the network then, so it would help. But, you know, if, if, if you're a WWE fan, you're watching Raw and SmackDown, regular NXT, you know, and then that UK and then that Japanese NXT, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, sure is, sure is. So, a lot of good stuff on wrestling, sir. Uh, is there any other wrestling things that you want to talk about before we genre into the comic book? I think that's about it. I know. Just wanted to bring out the Bushy Road stuff and, uh, and Luchasaurus getting hurt. And, we covered the Wednesday night uh, thing, which we'll always be talking about because that's the, that's the hot new thing, the Wednesday night wars. People say it's not a war. Yes, it is. They're on at the same time. <laughs> we win every week. And yeah. I'm able to watch, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, well, partner, when you get a chance, definitely. I mean, I know you got your show tomorrow, whatnot. If you get a chance, definitely watch the King of Pro Wrestling special. Oh, yeah, that's, um, um, that's on plans for today because I'm sure it's great. Yeah, especially those three matches, Liger, Suzuki, Okada, Sonata. Let me know what you think about Okada and Sonata, because I know some people thought it was excellent, some people thought it was mad. I'm like, hey, 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 but to me it was the best match of the show, and it was their worst match that they had this wow. year. How, how was Bushi uh, versus Evil? That was for the contract. Oh, that was good, but it, I think it just got meshed in between. When you get so much was, good stuff, yeah, because yeah, my friend's yeah. like, the show's five hours. I was like, oh. <laughs> Which is, I mean, not that it's a chore to watch New Japan, because sometimes you watch them like, oh, two hours went by already? But, um, yeah, 440. Yeah. I think it's at 440, but then you have the Okada thing at the end. So yeah, and, and the opening more. thing where they play the, the promos and stuff. and you know, So there's yeah. like 10 minutes you can kind of eat up in the beginning. But yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it today. I can't 
but that show was so good I completely forgot. I thought I was talking about the fourth best match of the show was was Evil and Ibushi, and it was like four and a quarter star. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? All right, so let's go into what we read from this past week. You want to go first? Or yeah, I only got a couple because I, I did not pick up this week's book, so unfortunately I did not read X-Men 1, but I might go to the local shop just to catch up and read it because I want to read it because I won't be back in my shop for uh, next week probably. But uh, so I read a couple, but I did I did catch up with Powers of X and House of X, and uh, I, I thought they were good, but they're a little bit confusing in the middle. And I think if they would have made one book, like if they would have made House the nowadays and Powers the future, the get the books would be a little bit more digestible and easier to understand because it's kind of like I don't know what's going on, and then like okay, but the the final issue of uh, both House and Powers are both very good, so that sets up the the X Men future going into X Men One. So they are good, but. I don't know, a little confusing. Maybe they would have put all you know, the timelines in one book. That way you know, hey, House is the future book and Powers is the nowadays book. But that's just nitpick, and it still was enjoyable. So I, I did get caught up on them. They're both good. And I see they already announced the hardcover trade of it. So <laughs> they're going to crank that out. Uh, and then I got caught up on Wonder Woman too, which did that come out last week? You don't know? Yes. Okay, so I, I did read the last issue where Steve dumps her, basically. <laughs> and then she's all yeah. upset. And um, she... Uh, Goes to uh, take down the sword that, uh, um, what's her, Cheetah has that sword that lets Luther embody the, the god killer. And yeah. what's her name? Veronica Kale gives her the thing that she's supposed to put on it. And it will stop the, the sword from being connected to Cheetah, but it's a swerve, bro. And uh, Veronica Kale actually turns heel and it, it powers up the sword even more. And to be continued. I was like, oh man, that's how it ends. So Wonder Woman, very good. And Tom Derenick did the art in this one and uh, two issues ago, which I didn't even know I would have took it to Con to have him sign it. But, okay, we'll start with Spawn 301. This is uh, the record-breaking issue because no creator independently-owned comic has ever made it to 301 issues. So, how about that? Good for, good for Tom McFarlane. He's a very nice guy. So, obviously, written by him and the art. There's several different artists on this book. Um, Todd being one of them, Greg Capullo, uh, Jason Sean Alexander. So, uh, Spawn kills Clown by using his suit as a bomb but with Eliminating Clown, who will come to take his place. And then also there's a little thing in the back where there's a new ninja spawn, because it's kind of like they're starting like a, a spawn core thing in the book. But it, it's very good. I give that an A. So I'm, I'm back on spawn after a while off. Um, there's a big book that came out, Vengeance of Vampirilla, issue one. This is uh, the book written by Tom, S I can't really say his last name, Snagoski. He wrote it back in the 90s, and he's picking up where he left off with this one so he took a 25 year break which is pretty cool because in the book 25 years went by and then art by michael santa maria who's very good and like i said picked up right after the 1994 series it's been 25 years in a world without vampirilla because she dies to um the, the mistress nix i guess and i would never read the original one because i wasn't reading at that time so it's kind of like the world is in this apocalyptic chaos and this nix is ruling but the people are telling stories of uh, vampirilla and then someone tries to bring her back and they may or may not bring her back but there's a shocker it's an ongoing she comes back so i give that one a that was very good valeria number three written by meredith finch and art by anique valeria recovers from the temple recovers at the temple of mitra from her wounds and she wants to leave to help find uh find out who well, that's my cat's meowing shut up <laughs> my cat doing a run how about that um She's trying to find out who killed her brother with the weapon she has. The temple gets attacked and Valeria meets some people from her past, but it's very good. Again, it's it's like a Red Sonia. It's a blonde Red Sonia that's not as violent. And then I read Web of Black Widow issue 2, but I forgot to write notes down. But I, I gave it a B. I know it was uh, Black Widow and Winter Soldier kind of teaming up, and then Black Widow kind of 
swerve row on him, it turns on him. But that was, that was a good issue. So that's all I wrote. Or read, read. I didn't write anything, but I read from last week. I wonder, did I get Black Issue? That was, what, two weeks ago, right? I, I'm yeah, so that would have been... We're in New York. Yeah, not this Wednesday, but last Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, so. it's, it's uh, her on the cover. Uh, what's she doing? I don't have it with me. Yes, yeah, that's issue issue two. So you're only two weeks behind. I'll have to take a look, because I still have a whole bunch of stuff in my bag from the past two weeks. But here's what I did read from this passage. This week was a little bit light. Back kind of with this week's book, I'm going to have to go back maybe this weekend or Monday, Tuesday. To read uh, from what I mentioned in the passage, Absolute Carnage. I thought this was the last issue, because it's, uh, my thing here says L4, which means limited uh, limited series four. Oh, no, I think it's going uh, for like eight issues. Yeah, they must have added on to it, because really not much happens here. This is just an A-minor. It's basically a setup for the final battle. And it looks like that Venom is taking this pre-workout, because literally the last two pages of him, like, literally just being all fired up. So oh, nice. Maybe took a little uh, 51.50, got no. over 5% nutrition. Hello, look at that. Captain America, man, if I didn't love Tony C. Phillips, did not love Captain America, I would drop this. Really? This was just a C-plus. Uh, it's basically Cap and Sharon arguing that they, they're having trust issues with each other, and there is no follow-up for the end of last issue, which was Crossbones and Sin teaming up, saying they're getting ready to take out Captain America. There's no mention, nothing. So, I don't know if there's something I missed, but uh, X-Men number one, this basically starts out just like a, a, anything Hickman. You're ready, number one, here we go, here we go, B+. Plus. That's it. Um, I'm not going to... Spoil too much for you because I think Hickman just starts off slow in the gate, like he did with Avengers Run, like he did with his Fantastic Four Run, like he did with House of X and Powers of X or Powers of Ten or whatever you want to call it, and then everything was an A plus afterwards. So basically, the X Men returned to Kokoa, and Magneto was finally praised for all the hard work that he's done, which is basically all he's ever wanted. Yeah, and, uh, that, and they have that. You know how they have all the people in the council? It's like Mystique and Exodus and Apocalypse. I'm thinking. This ain't gonna end well. <laughs> it's like, and of no course, way, Magneto and uh, Professor X on this council. Uh, council. They may not to spoil anything for Direct X or Powers of X, but there's a big console of all the mutants, and they kind of govern Krakoa. And I'm like, yeah, this won't end well, bad at all. <laughs> and Sabretooth, he definitely will never come back and get revenge. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. No. So, yeah, you see that writing on the wall, but I'm sure it's a bit out. But the just it's just basically set up. It's a slow issue. I get it. I know what it does. I, I, it's the X Men segment. It's Larry Alfantis. You, I'm on board. No problem. Batman B plus. Uh, Batman. They basically, uh, by the Batman, I mean like Robin, Huntress, Batwoman. They basically just beat the crap out of the Earth three Batman. Thomas Wayne. I mean, they just leave him playing. He's a bloody mess. Which is a great payoff because he's just getting old school ECW heel heat for the last five or six issues, and then this is the Tommy Dreamer Pitbull running. So <laughs> basically, for for revenge. And now we're finally gonna get Bane and Batman. So it's basically a set of issues. Thoroughly enjoyed it. JRJR's art was fantastic, but just a few plus for me. Now we're gonna get to the main book, sir. Spider-Man. This is the Sarah Pacelli. Oh yeah, Abraham I I forgot to pick up issue one, so I think I'm actually gonna run to a local comic shop tonight because they're open until ten because they play Magic all night. And I think I'm gonna buy issue one and two if they have them, and X-Men one because I want to read it. But I will not spoil this too much for you. I literally wrote a half a page of notes here. No, you know what? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll still read it. Okay. It's basically uh, Ben Parker, obviously Mary Jane and Peter's son. Obviously Mary Jane got killed in the first issue. He's all upset, obviously, because Peter's never there. He's always in fights. He's always out of town. And basically, 
And May's raising him. He gets so upset, he takes a Spider-Man costume and burns it. Oh, wow. In his high school, because then it is the, the, that the very next day, his high school crush says she wants to go on a date with him. And so she shows up at the house in costume. She's like, hey, you know, we're going to go to this costume thing. Do you, you have a costume? And he's like, uh, uh, and Aunt May pulls him aside. He goes, I know your dad had a spare one uh, just for emergencies. You can wear that. So basically, he reveals to her that he has spider powers. He's swinging through the city. Peter's on an airplane coming home. He's watching the news, and guess what he sees? Uh-oh. Another Spider-Man? Yeah. Oh. He, he knows who it is, and coming from a father's perspective, where they have to put their kid in line, just like how my daughter lied to me about not having any tests, and we find out that she had to go to school. <laughs> you gotta you gotta put the hammer down. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's what Peter's doing the best. So I thought that was a great issue. And it rang true to me because that's just all part of, you know, part of parenting. But my book or books of the week, one of the very few things me and you disagree on. I read issues two and three of Superman Year One. Okay. A plus. Spider Man was A plus. These, these two issues were A plus. Absolutely loved them. Obviously, I know you read issue two, so I'll just brief it. Obviously, Superman finishes up in the Navy. Yes. He finds Atlantis. He falls in love, but then he finds out that he needs to go back to the surface world to stop illegal weapons from being shipped in. He finds out, he tracks where these illegal weapons are being shipped in. They're being shipped into Gotham. He finds Batman. He figures that Batman's the one that's shipping the illegal weapons. They have a fight. Wonder Woman comes for the big save and was like, basically, no, 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 it's not Batman that has the weapons. It's Lex Luthor that has it. He's selling it to basically the rogues galleries of Gotham. Ooh. So that's where that left off. Yeah, I, I, I issue two, I was a little yeah on. I loved it. I thought I liked, I think it was great. But I loved issue one. But two, I, I was like a little bit too much of the the military. I'm like, all right, come on, peace of mind, right? <laughs> so yeah, they probably could have cut down. It was a long yeah book, which it seems like these DC black labels are. They they could have made that into just another twenty four page yeah uh, definitely regular size time. But I I loved it. I thought that both of them were great. So that's what I read for this past week. There's a lot I got caught up on. I did I did get the first two issues of Star Wars Journey to. Uh, uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Oh, is, is that I weekly? I bought the first issue, so... It must be, because issue two came out uh, this past Wednesday, so oh, okay. I had a chance to read that. And then obviously, just like how I told Terry Moore a few weeks ago, whenever the weather starts getting cooler and the leaves start changing, I always reread Rachel Rising, so I'm probably going to reread there you go. that. And you can sit down, back on, because it, his issues, even though sometimes there's a lot of talking, they go quick. So you could read four in half an hour. I mean, sometimes yeah. they fly by. I do have the omnibus, but I but I do believe I think I have the first two or three trades as well. So I might just just kind of I don't plan on reading the whole entire thing. I just kind of just want to just kind of just flip through and kind of get myself familiarized back with it again. So maybe that if I can knock out some of that, maybe I'll talk about that the next week. Oh, there you go. Yeah, always good. I I thoroughly recommend Rachel Rising. I have it. <laughs> I have the omnibus. I have all the trades. And I have all the issues except for two. So. Buddy. Yeah, I don't know. Is that your favorite ter- out of all the Terry Moore? Yeah, yeah, favorite. clearly, yeah, by far. Yeah, I mean, not that his are so bad, but that is my, my favorite. I mean, Five Years has been good. The the newest Strangers in Paradise was good. Echo, I read part of, and that was good. And Motor Girl was good. I did not read the old Strangers in Paradise, but I mean, Rachel Rising, that's my favorite. I, what he does. So I, I got the um, the top ten sold books of September. You want you want to guess? So some of them are. So this is September. So nothing in October, but the top ten books. I I can give you a hint. Um, there is only one independent title in this, and Walking Dead doesn't exist anymore, so you can probably guess what it is, and the rest are Marvel and DC. I'm 
I'm assuming House of Axe and Powers, your Axe have got to be in there. Yeah, so that would take up spots five and six and three. So spot number three, House of X five. So you got House of X five, Powers of X five, Powers of X four. And apparently House of X4 either was not in September or just didn't sell enough to make the top 10. Huh. How about Absolute Carnage? Yes, that is uh, number 9. That is Absolute Carnage number 3. So you got 1, 2, 3, 5 more to guess. And uh, uh, one's Bat- still number Bat- 1. Batman? Well, uh, there's someone related to Batman. But no Batman okay. title. Would that be... So, no, so none of the Batman. So you would uh, Harley? Yes, Harleen, the uh, the magazine one that was actually number four. I'm trying to number one. How about Spidey? Spider Man, the, the the one that you just talked about, and the well, one by Sarah Pacelli and the. Uh, uh, any Spider Man at all? Amazing. Yeah, friend, no, no, uh, that's Spider Man number one. Uh, who who writes that? The two the the one you just talked JJ, about. Yeah, JJ. JJ and yeah, Abrams, yeah, yeah, that's number two, and then uh, number ten you probably won't guess at all. Uh, Deceased, the Good Day to Die, number one, which I think is a one shot. So you got two more. Number one and then number eight. Number eight, you might guess. I, I know you bought it. Number eight is an independent, you're saying? No, right? no, 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 no. Number number one is the independent. Really? <laughs> yes. You know, once wow. I say it, you'll be like, oh, oh, yeah. Number eight, uh, you just give it to me. Okay, number eight, eight is Doomsday Clock number 11. And then number oh. number one, you want to hear that one? You're going to speak. Absolutely. Oh. Okay, it spawned 300. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't figure that one out, but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the top telling book. So every every uh, month I'll do the top ten books. So it's pretty cool. So you got Spawn number one, Spider Man number two, then House of X, Harleen Powers, Powers House, Doomsday Clock, Absolute Carnage, then Round Office DC, which I did not ring, but I heard it was good. But like I'm not really Tom Taylor writes it, but zombie DC characters I really don't care. Yeah, same way. Did it say how much Spawn sold on the copies? Ah, uh, you know what? Because it says spawn compo sales spawn a positive September. Get the pun there. I'm clicking on it now to see uh, exactly what the copies were. I'm sure it's pretty high and still selling because there's so many variants. Okay, let me scroll down here. The longest running, uh, despite uh, tough spots. Blah, blah 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 blah. Let's see here. Fourth. You know what? It, it I, I don't think it says here how many copies it sold overall, which is kind of. It just says that it's the top spot. The milestone was enough to boost the series' best-selling comic book, the direct market, despite losing top spot. Uh, yeah, let me scroll down a little bit here. I mean, it really helped Image out. I mean, obviously, the, the for so top publisher for September is Marvel. They got 38% share. Then DC 27, Image 11, and the rest are broken up between all the little, like, boom, IDW, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to scroll here. I don't think they have what Spawn. I'll, I'll type the number because I'm kind of curious to see how many comics Spawn actually sold. But this number one has got to be the six figures. Yeah, I mean, it has to be insane. I'm, I'm going to search for that real quick. Todd did a great job pumping that out. He did a great job pumping that out, promoting it on all of his social media boards. He talked about it in San Diego. Obviously, he was very heavily involved with it at New York. We got a chance to meet him in New York. So I thought he did a great job with that. While you're looking for that, I want to talk real quick about the DC shows. We're back on the CW. I was able to watch the first two episodes of Batwoman. Okay, I how was kinda, that? I kind of did not want to like it just because it's like I kind of just want to have it on just to have it on. Yeah. And I kind of just go through it. I was, I hooked. Within the first 10 minutes, I was hooked. It's basically like Tomasi's detective run meets Bob Margaret Bennett's and Greg Rucka's Batwoman run. They obviously can't use Batman on these uh, these shows. Now, they, try, I mean, they did a little bit with Gotham. But Gotham wasn't more or less more about Bruce. It was more or less uh, about Captain Gordon 
and all the rogues in the in Gotham. Obviously, you had your Penguin art, your Riddler art. You had your uh, Solomon Grundy art, art and that. There's a lot of Alfred in it. But this is basically like Kate Kane finds the Batcave. Uh, Luke Fox, who, who's Lucius Fox's son, is, is basically making all the gadgets for for her. So she's kind of like Alf, part Alfred, part uh, okay. Fox. So, and then she's basically using batarangs, and like she's using a lot of detective skills. And the main villain, which you would think was cool until I tell you how it, how it works, that the main villain, at least what I think is this season, is Alice from Alice in Wonderland. No, oh, wow. Basically what, basically, what happens is the whole buildup is, and you don't find this out until the end of episode one, is they show Kate in a flashback where a car, where her and her uh, sister are in a car, they get into a car accident, the car was over a cliff into a bankment into a river she and her dad get out her sister doesn't she eventually goes nuts she goes to the uh, army trains with the army she goes basically it looks like almost kind of like the league of Sat- shadows mm-hmm. uh, is training with all these ninjas basically it reminds me of in batman begins uh, chris nolan's film when when bruce is training with liam neeson and he obviously turns out to be roger ghoul Basically, that's basically what it would look like. She's underneath water, under ice, and she has to get out. That's like part of her training. So she comes back to Gotham, and they're trying. She, I know my sister's alive. I know my sister's alive. And she eventually finds out her sister is Alice. Um, oh. the villain Alice. So it's like, oh wow. Okay, the that's a good Kind of like this more of the same. So I thought that was really good. Flash was excellent. The first episode, which usually for the first episode of Flash, they usually give you a whole bunch of stuff. And it really wasn't like that. It was more the human side of Barry and Iris, because at the end of last season, they had to send Nora, their daughter, back into the future because she helped uh, Eobard Thon basically escape from um, from a Maximum uh, Heights uh, prison. So it's basically like the first episode was like them kind of like dismissing her. I'm like, oh, they didn't really do much. And then this episode really ramps it up where they go into Gideon, they find out that the crisis is going to happen December 11th, 2019, which happens to be my dad's birthday, Ooh. so how about that? So, he's like, I need to go in the future to see what happens December 19th. I know I'm not supposed to, but it's only a few months, and, he, and he's running in the Speed Force, and all of a sudden he falls, his leg is bleeding, and then they, and I looked at him, I'm like, I know they're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's probably going to start at 2nd of December, that's why they're doing it. And I said, I wonder if it's the white wall of antimatter, which basically kills everybody in Crisis on Infinite Earths, if that's what hit Barry to cut his leg. Well, all of a sudden, they have to go to Earth 3 to talk to Jay Garrick and Jay Garrick's wife, who is the exact same person that played Barry's mom. So he's just like, well, you look just like my mom, you look just like my mom. So I think that was kind of cool how they put that all together. And then he basically says, yeah, I'm doing the readings on your cock, and you have the white wall of antimatter in your leg, and that's why you cannot get past in the speed zone, the speed force, you cannot get past December 11, 2019, because that white wall of antimatter is there. And the only, and just the just like on the comic book, the monitor says the only way for billions of people to survive is for millions of people to die, and one of those millions of people has to be the Flash. Oh, yeah, that, that's so that's basically yeah, that's what happened in the comic. But I think because Arrow's finishing, and I saw the first half hour of Arrow, and it's very crisis. Heavy, I think what's going to happen is Ollie is going to take Barry's place. Oh, okay. He's going to sacrifice himself. That makes sense. That's yeah. my guess. I can see that too. And then uh, Stephen Mel is going to go on to make that wrestling show on uh, HBO. But did you see what the, the, they announced the show that's going to replace it next year? No. Green Arrow and the Canaries. And it's, really? Yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's a girl Green Arrow. Uh, Amanda 
Emanuela Lupacino posted uh, art, and she says, "She's like, I just want to post this art. I know nothing about it." <laughs> and uh, it's a girl green arrow and two girl canaries. So I don't know if it's in the future, if it's you know, if Ollie has a daughter or something. I, I don't know, but that's what's gonna that's replace it. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. I don't know how well it will do, but we'll see. I mean, I think this uh, Prices show is going to be, well, crossover is going to be awesome. But all the people that are getting for it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm super excited for it. I know, I know you still haven't seen Crisis on Earth X. Yeah. Which is basically the lead up into this. And I still think you can see it on the CW app for free. So I'm super excited. The way that they built this, it's like a sliver or two under what Marvel's done for the MCU. Oh, nice. Just, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, they should just like get the people that do the CW shows and hey, make the DC movies now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, go for it. So, uh, so I found I can't find the exact uh, number on Spawn, but it said nearly three hundred thousand sales. Wow, for Spawn three hundred. Yeah, wow. good for good for time. Yeah, and it said the only book that beat that out in two thousand nineteen was uh, Detective Comics a thousand that sold close to six hundred thousand, which that's insane. And I didn't even buy wow. that. <laughs> so. Wow, how yeah, about that? Yeah. That was a ten dollar book. Yeah, and it sold six hundred thousand. So do that math. Good for that's DC. Twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, like Howard. Uh, let's see, Howard the ten five. That that's like six hundred bucks, Robin. <laughs> Partner, other than the top five, I'm pretty much tapped out. Is there anything else you want to go over? Uh, do I, do I have any comic news here? I, I wanted to tell you about that Green Arrow and the Canaries. Um, did you see the big uh, Wonder Woman book that's going to come out? The 96-page Wonder Woman 750, which I guess they're counting up all the issues over the years, and it would equal 750. But they got a ton of people on this. Uh, Gail Simone, Greg Rucker will be writing. Even uh, and they're doing the the gimmick with the, it's going to be a $10 book, kind of like the Detective Comics, but they're doing a gimmick where there's 10 different covers, and they're like the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, 70s, and Greg uh, or Greg. George Perez is doing the 80s cover, which is very fitting. So That makes sense. Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it up now. i seen this, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, definitely going to get this. Depending on the covers, I mean, they're 10 bucks, so I don't think I'll be getting all of them. But uh, the 1940s one, done by Joshua Middleton, not familiar with him. Jenny Fryson does the 1950s. J. Scott Campbell does the 60s. That will be a hot one. Oliver Copiel, who we know. He, oh, yeah, he does the 70s Wonder Woman. That should be great. Like I said, George Perez on 80s. Brian Boland does the 90s. I'm not familiar with him. I know this guy, though. Adam Hughes is doing the 200. And this guy's a little... Uh, Time out. What? Time out. Stop the clock. Brian Boland. You're, you're, you're kidding me, right? Is he... Did, what, did he do... Killing Joe. Did he? Yeah. I was thinking Superman. Like, Death of Superman. Was he on that one? He's, he's done some stuff, too, of Superman. Like, he's, a, he's a legendary DC artist. He probably had maybe... Maybe about a seven, eight year run. Okay. Compared like these other guys that have been having these huge runs. But yeah, yeah, he's a little deep. Brian Bowles as a DC legend. Oh, I was not aware of that. I have to kill him, Joe, uh, a couple feet away from me. And then finally, the 2010s, done by a little guy named Jim Lee. So. <laughs> You, you really can't go along with any of these covers. Jeez, yeah. which one do you get? Yeah, so th it's coming out January 22nd, and it's going to be $9.99. It is a 96-page one, so it's a big old big old book about Wonder Woman. Yeah, Gail Simone, Greg Rucka, current writer Steve Orlando, he's taking over. Vida Laya, Marguerite Bennett's on there, Jeff Loveness, nothing with him, Cami Garcia, Mariko Tamaki, and then Shannon and Dean Hale, I believe they wrote one of the little girl books. So definitely going to pick that up. Yeah, I think you probably see Arc Jim to, to cover there. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. A, a special variant, maybe a 1 in 20 or something. Especially how high he is right now. But I think that's... that's oh, yeah, Scott Snyder leaving Justice League, but they didn't announce who will be taking over in Justice League. So I'm kind of curious. Because he thinks Scott Snyder on Justice League would be a home run, but it was like, good to okay. I dropped it. Yeah, I dropped it too. Like, you think, oh, that would be a must-read, but it, it, it wasn't, so... 
Who, who's gonna read uh write Justice League? I wonder. I have no Do idea. Do you think Scott Snyder is very much like Metallica, where like his Batman run was so good, like how Metallica's first four albums were so good that his other stuff is like really good, and we just don't know it because maybe comparing everything to Batman. Yeah, like if you if if nothing from Kill 'Em All to Black Album existed, and you just heard Load and Reload, you would say, hey, this this is pretty good, you know? Yeah. Maybe not Saint Anger, but yeah. 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 Death Magnetic was really good. Yeah. Hardwired is really good. We listened on the way to New York. Yeah. Hardwired was really good, so. Yeah, so it, that might be a little bit, because, like, I remember reading Just, but I'm like, this is okay, and I guess you expect more out of Scott Snyder. So, do they put Bendis on Justice League? Because we, we all thought he was getting Batman. Is he getting Batman? Well, no, he's not, because Jim Stinian is. So. Yeah, he's, doing, he's doing Legion. Yeah. He's which, yeah, he's really pumped about. Which I never, so. I never cared I about Legion. Yeah, so. Who knows who does Justice League? And that comes out. I think that's the January. Scott Snyder's wrapping out there. I think that's about it for comic news that I have. If anything else, I know they they casted uh, some guy to be the Riddler. I have no idea who he is in the Batman. I don't movie. know who he is either. Paul, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna Paul where, Dano. Where to be. And they casted uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter as Catwoman. I'm like, okay, well, I'm all right for it. I'm still not happy about the Batman casting, but we'll see how that comes out. But you know, I don't know many actors unless they're <laughs> in a comic book movie already. It's not the same way. Yeah. So I did see, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Alexander from uh, Seinfeld wanted to play Penguin. So, <laughs> hey, I'm all for that. You know, George Costanza as Penguin. Okay. Well, they said that Jonah Hill may play the Penguin. Yeah, I think he turned it down, though. Which, uh, why, why would you turn it down? Unless they wanted me. I know he's up and down his weight. Maybe he's happy being thin. They said, hey, can you gain weight? And he said, no. So that's all I can see there. And then finally, I'll end it with this. Uh, they reprint when Brain breaks Batman's back, but the reprint was wrong, so now they have to reprint the reprint because the pages were messed up. <laughs> and uh, DC will uh, refund all the stores. It's only a dollar book anyway, so they'll refund them for free. But yeah, they have to reprint the reprint. <laughs> and that's it for comics for this time, for this week. And then next week, we'll talk more comics. We better. That's part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Man. That's what we do. Top five, sir, as always, is your segment we do have oh real quick I just got a, a, an alert that Roman Reigns and Nakamura tonight I'm sorry. oh yeah I seen that so I, I'm gonna say Roman Reigns wins the Intercontinental title yeah who knows who knows you, know, um, you never know though top five it's your segment you tell me am I going first you going first I'll go first here because I got something totally not related to comics <laughs> or uh, wrestling but it's still good and we didn't do this one you give me your top five Black Sabbath songs so they could be Ozzy or Dio oh, or, the, or the one album okay. with the other guy Ray Gillian but I'm sure you won't pick any of those. Iron Man, Paranoid, War Pigs, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And just to just to be different, Megalomania. Oh, okay. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's a deep one. So I, I got some of the same, but a little, little different. I'm going to go Iron Man, Paranoid, Supernaut, because when that played at ROH when the second half, that was so awesome. Great song. I was thinking about doing that, yeah. yeah. And IB. And then I'll finish it with a deal one that's awesome, Heaven and Hell. Yeah, just so many great songs. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, there's a bunch, and I was like, oh, I really like Children of the Grave, you know? It's like... Yeah, oh, jeez, Children of the Grave is my all-time favorite song. <laughs> <I didn't> <laughs> <even> <laughs> <play> <laughs> so, yeah, there's tons of good Black Sabbath songs. Yeah, the Wizard. Yeah, White Zombie had a really cool cover. They had a double disc called the New Testament Old Testament, where the first album was like to 12 great, was like the greatest hits, like 12 rules. Okay. And then, and then it was the same songs but we've done. Like Typo Negative redid Black Sabbath and it was terrible. Oh, but yeah. I love Typo Negative but it was just it was too like slow. Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah, I don't think Peter still was singing. He was like talking. Oh, he was boy. like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, that was like, that was kind of a gimmick sometimes to go too slow and it's like, and so uh, I was like, all right. I yeah. 
Cinnamon Girl, good song with the cat, that cover, and of course Black Number One. But yeah, sometimes they lose me. Okay, sir. My top five is this past week. I've been on a kick of watching one of the best tag teams of all time. They would just stay together, but there's a reason why they did not stay together. The Golden Lovers of Kenny Omega no. and Kota Ibushi. Hey now. If they were to reunite, and you can see a match, a top, give me top five tag teams or opponents, and they have to be. Well, they have to be an active wrestler today, so you can't say, like, totally not. Okay, you are like, mega powers. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, so if they were to come back and they don't have a contract with anybody, they're just going, they can, you know, wrestle AEW, New Japan, All Japan. Just give me who you'd want to see them wrestle. Okay, how about this one? Number one, the Briscoes. Wouldn't that be something? Yes. Yeah, uh, Revival. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... I would say Young Bucks, but we've already seen that, although that would be fantastic, so I'm going to leave them out. I'm going to throw in... Um, Undisputed Era, and give me any two. Then, oh, let me think here. Let me think. Let's let's put them up against. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know what? Uh, Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy, and uh, Luchasaurus. I think that'd be fantastic. And then finally, well, how about them and the Usos? I think that could be something too. That's all. That stuff's really good. Briscoes. I totally agree with you. Kings of Wrestling. Oh yeah. Oh, no, oh, I forgot because they're not tagging currently. Would that that be that be five stars? This, this is an open contract anyway. King oh. of Wrestling, Penta Phoenix. Oh yeah, yeah. How, 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 how did I forget that one? Yeah, this is the most far-fetched one, but uh, no, you know I'm sorry. I didn't say Kenta Marufuji. No, 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 no. I'm gonna go back. I'm one of my favorite tag teams that nobody's talking about. The Noah Tag Champs of Access, which is Goshizaki and Nakajima. Okay. And then you ready for this one? Yeah. You ready for this one? You sit down. I'm sitting down. Rock and Roll Express. Oh, yeah, they're still active. <laughs> you know, that would oh, be yeah, something they, else. Yeah, are they still active? Yeah. yeah they're, they're, that's stop. <laughs> I, I don't think they'll stop when they're dead. <laughs> I would watch that match. That would be that would be something else. And, and here's one. How about versus the Dream Team, Okada and uh, Tanahashi? Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. We didn't even say, I was thinking about this today. If we are going to put I'm together gonna, teams, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about, like, the number three team on my, on my head. I didn't even, I didn't even, just like Children of the Grave, I didn't even, I was number three on my head and I, I completely forgot about it. What about Birds of Prey? Oh, oh, oh my God, yeah. I forgot about them too and I would mentioned them earlier. That would be awesome. That would yeah. be, that, that Meltzer would die watching that. <laughs> that would it's get six stars. It's great when we do these top five. Like, yeah, name your top five Black Sabbath songs. Like, my all-time favorite song is Children of the Grave and I didn't even like, <laughs> I forgot it, Sabbath yeah. Song. Sweet Leaf we didn't mention, so there's, there's yeah. a lot. Great song. Godspeak did a great cover of that. Really? I've heard a cover of it by Six six Feet Under. <laughs> it was really heavy. And then, uh, oh, what, what's that song? Um, uh, oh, Symptom of the Universe. Oh, yeah. yeah na, 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 na. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff by Black Sabbath. Black, the Sabbath of Black. Ozzy, Dio, the Ward, Geezer Butler, yeah. Tony Iommi. The I'm other guy for that one album. <laughs> Which, I don't know who Ray yeah. Gillian. It's, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, Dehumanizer, I think it's yeah. called. It could be no, that. that's actually Dio's first one. Or no, no, D D uh, maybe it wasn't Dio's first one, but Dio's on Dehumanizer. And uh, I think Dio did like three or four albums, but this Ray Gillian did one, maybe two. It was like the late 80s when Black Sabbath was not doing too good. So, but we just kind of forget that. <laughs> they, they did, and then I'll put a pin in it because I can talk about this forever. They did a tour. It was only a six-month tour when it was Black Sabbath. But it was they were they wanted to call it heaven and hell. This is when they buried the hatchet with Dio and Ozzy, 
Savage. So it was Ozzy on top, like Ozzy, Zach Wild, like mm-hmm. the usual Ozzy. This is maybe about seven, eight years ago. And then the co-headliner was Black Sabbath with Dio, and they were called, they agreed to call it Heaven and Hell. Oh, so yeah. you would see Sabbath playing all the Sabbath songs, plus all the Dio stuff, you know, Heaven and Hell, Science of the Craft, Mob Rules. And then you, and then your headliner is Ozzy. So like you get to see Sabbath like twice. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, they did put out one album. It was called Heaven and Hell with Dio singing with Black Sabbath. That was, I guess, now it's probably ten years ago. But it, yeah. it wasn't so hot. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Partner, you ready to uh, put a bow on this? You got, you got some King of Pro Wrestling to watch. Yes, I do. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. So I will. Uh, I'll finish off, guys. As always, I, I always push these products because I believe in five percent nutrition. Go on www.fivepercentnutrition.com. Uh, you got your BCAAs all day. Your May. You have three different types of pre-workout. If you just get back in the gym, I recommend just the regular Kill It. If you want to go up a level, Kill It Reloaded. If you really want, go Stim Crazy. The 5150. They have a phenomenal creatine, phenomenal proteins. They just released a keto cookie, which I haven't tried yet. So, oh, and some of the um, protein cookies are very good. Yeah, the Lenny Larry stuff is really good. Yeah, and s- there's stuff. a sinful one. I was I was real close to buying today. I was thinking about buying a pack of them. I forget the sinful fitness or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure their stuff will be great. But uh, at the checkout, type in Ed Turner, so you some twenty percent on the back end. Uh, like I always say, if you guys want to take your stuff to the next level, dieting, pre workout, post workout, during they have the best stuff. Uh, and as always, uh, if you guys need to get a hold again, guys, I said begin the podcast. I'm gonna say it again. We really appreciate all the support, all the different promoters and promotions that you're tagging us on to, to get booked there you know uh, we greatly appreciate it guys uh, basically shows that we are putting out a good product on Team Blue and Gold and the t-shirts as we said before we'll put something out on our social medias sometime later today if not probably within the next few hours that you know just let us know what size you want what colors you want and then we can kind of get a gauge on what we're going to order for our first time worst case scenario we under order we sell out we can always just reorder so yeah we can get more um, Yep. On social media, guys, you know, just let me know, uh, Matt uh, underscore Turner OF over on the Twitter and uh, the Instagram as well. Tag a partner. I'm tired. I'm losing my voice here. <laughs> I'm going to tag you in for the Epic Big Finish. Okay. So you want to find me and see that sweet-ass image we have for a new shirt coming out, just look Andy Header on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, or if you want on Facebook you don't want to like either of us, go to the Call in the Powering page and like that. And I'm going to post the image up there, too. So why not? And uh, special thanks to James Fraser for making that image. And then I'll be at PPW, of course, like I said, this Saturday in two days. And it uh, should be a good time there. Austin Aries versus Clutch Adams is the main event. And until next week, guess what we're going to be doing? Rockin' with talking. We'll see you later.